Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. Praise God. Good morning, family. How you doing? Awesome. So excited to see you. I want to thank you for this great privilege and honor to step on this platform and be able to share the gospel and participate what God is doing with you. And uh, we, we've been like more than how many years, Obel? 15 at least. Yeah, 15 years, friends and uh, co-workers. So uh, we really appreciate that, that connection and that friendship. And uh, uh, currently we, we obtain the work visa. And uh, yeah, we we uh, established in the United States, and uh, we're really looking forward in the future when our status will be changed with the green card, so we would be able again to travel all over the world. And I am really, really, really planning to go to Japan with Pastor Cameron. One of these, yeah, it's on my bucket list. <laughs> Amen. Love you guys. I have a message to share with you because it's all about Christ. It's all about the gospel. And uh, uh, I came came with the the deepest desire to bless you, to strengthen you, and uh, just to impart and deposit something which will transform you and make you to be more Christ-like, joyful, uh, ready to give and to share your life and your joy with the world around us because, you know, we are the light and we are the salt of the world. Amen. So I want to preach and teach this morning on Isaac and the personality of Isaac. I want to share with you something which God revealed recently to me, like four unique, amazing facts about the life of Isaac. And someone Maybe it would go like, hmm, interesting. What is so important about Isaac? Well, let me tell you. Uh, Apostle Paul is the greatest theologian of the New Testament. Amen? So, Apostle Paul, among all the personalities and characters of the Old Testament, is picking only one, only one to compare the New Testament believers and the church with that personality. And guess who that personality is? It is Isaac. Praise God. It is not Moses. It is not Joseph. It is not David. It is Isaac. It means Isaac contains and possesses a a message and a lesson for us and comparing his personality with as a type and shadow of the New Testament church with us, we can learn more and uh, uh, just uh, we can learn more about all the privileges, all the blessings and all the benefits we possess today in the face of the gospel and Christ. Amen. So Paul says in the book of Galatians chapter uh, 4, 28, uh, dear friends, just like Isaac, we are now the children who inherit the kingdom promises. You see, it is very important that Isaac was the full uh, heir and inheritor of all his father's blessings and possessions. And the life of Isaac was all about sonship. It means that we, 
the New Testament believers, we are full heirs and possessors of every heavenly spiritual blessing and privilege in Christ Jesus available. You know, and we are partakers and participating in this glorious realm which Christ uh, uh, worked out and made available for us. So we may turn, you know, the, the, the whole story of the first Adam from desperation, you know, and all kind of gloom and doom into this glorious privilege to be partakers of the divine nature. Amen. Praise God. But let me start with this. You are definitely familiar with that great statement made by God in the Old Testament. And even I think it's mentioned uh, in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, like at least two, two, two times, God is declaring over the nation of Israel and in the word of God, like, I am the God of Abraham, I am the God of Isaac, and I am the God of Jacob. Amen? So it is very interesting. He doesn't say, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But he says, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Which means uh, every uh, specific generation, they had to have their personal encounter and follow uh, uh, follow uh, the Lord, you know, in a personal way by what God would reveal to them. So he wasn't just, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, <laughs> the God of my father, the God of my forefather. You know, he was a personal God for every generation. But who, who these three generations are representing? If Isaac is representing the church according to Paul, you know, we can definitely say, uh, in this way, to put it in this way, Abraham represents Israel, the nation of Israel before the cross. And, and let me mention this, in the face of God, before God, there are only two kinds of people and only two nations in this world. One of them is the nation of Israel and the rest of them are considered Gentiles. Amen. So Abraham represents uh, the nation of Israel, because the nation of Israel actually uh, started and, uh, you know, came into existence and was born out, out of the obedience, the faith, and the covenant God made with this person, okay? Then comes, after, uh, after that, 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 that type and shadow of, of, of the, the nation of Israel and that dispensation, another dispensation comes, because as you know, the times of Israel... You know, there was a breaking point, the cross of Jesus, you know. And after the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, a new era, a new dispensation was introduced. And whatever was before the cross left there, you know. And now God is introducing a new dispensation in which He is engrafting the whole Gentiles from the, all over the world into the uh, olive tree, which is Israel, and making, as Paul declares in the book of Ephesians, uh, 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 from the two, one new man. One new man by demolishing the dividing wall. Amen? So, Abraham represents Israel before the cross. Isaac represents the, the dispensation of the church and the Gentiles, you know, for a specific period. And it's not going to be forever and ever. By the mouth of Jesus, it is declared that statement which until the times of the Gentiles are being fulfilled. 
So we are still living in this dispensation of Isaac. And we belong to that image. And we belong to that personality. So we will make a study this morning. But let me end with Jacob. Who is Jacob then? Okay, Abraham is Israel before the cross. Uh, Isaac is the dispensation of the New Testament church and the Gentiles. And then when our times and days are being fulfilled, you know, then another dispensation will be introduced. And it is again the restoration. Jacob represents Israel during the time of tribulation, uh, as it is called in the Bible, uh, uh, the, the, the Jacob's trouble, you know. And, 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 and the, the, the Israel, yeah, being restored and returning back. But uh, it's going to take some tribulations. And you know, Jacob's life was kind of a challenge. You know, he had to wrestle with the Lord. He had these seven years to work for uh, one of his wives. And then another second years for the second one, the, the loved one. So it is an inst- interesting story. But we are focused this morning not on Abraham. That's a done story, you know. Not focused on our future. We are focused on our present days. And they are found in the name of Isaac. So what is so good what is so precious what is so specific and so interesting about Isaac so we may learn something okay I want to present a unique amazing fact number one according compared to Abraham and to Jacob this man never left the sphere of uh, his abode and his occupancy which was the promised land and let me explain here okay Uh, Abraham was not born in the promised land. Abraham was brought and introduced into the promised land led by God. At one point though, as you know, he went down to Egypt. He left the sphere of the promised land, went down to Egypt. Then he returned back to the promised land. So there was kind of a, uh, he was a little fluctuating, in and out, fluctuating, you know. But uh, definitely was not uh, present constant in, in, in that sphere. Okay, let's talk about a little about Jacob. So Jacob, uh, compared to those two, he was born in the promised land. Amen. And, and he grew up in the promised land. But then, you know, because he cheated with his father, you know, he was expelled from the house on a purpose to be protected so his bro- bigger brother won't kill him, you know. And, and he went to, to stay with his uh, uh, uncle Laban. And he worked at least like uh, 15 years uh, for his wives. And then uh, I don't know how many years before that he, he spent. But quite a lot, you know, he spent away from the promised land. Then he returned back to the promised land. Amen. But as you know, at the end of his days, because Joseph was sent to Egypt, he left again. He left the promised land and he went to Egypt to stay with his son Joseph. And actually he died in Egypt. And then his bones, you know, he swore his uh, children to bring back his bones so they may bring back his bones back into uh, the promised land and to bury him. So we see that those two, you know, in and out, as Pastor Cameron said. And, uh, but Isaac, Isaac is another story. Isaac is unique. Listen to this. Isaac was born in the promised land, stood there, grew up there, uh, 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 married there, uh, had children, abide there, and died there without ever leaving the sphere and going out of the sphere of the promised land. So what is this 
teaching us? What, what kind of lesson is this? This is representing the New Testament believer. This is representing the child of God. Now listen to this. The promised land is not a geographical location. The promised land, according to the New Testament, is representing the finished work of what God has accomplished for us in the face of Christ. You know, and it is called with that, uh, Paul is using, and the author of, the, of, of, of Hebrews is using that term for, for the promised land. It is a sphere of rest. It is the resting place. What is a sphere of rest? We are entering into that spiritual rest. Now, now let me tell you, maybe I, from all the people here, we are laboring more than you. You know, I'm not talking about being lazy, ignorant, and indifferent. I'm talking about not being in strife and struggle to accomplish something which Christ already accomplished for you and gave it to you by the, His grace and the grace of God. You know, all these spiritual blessings, all these spiritual privileges, all these uh, benefits, uh, you know, they are already available. You have already got it, you know. The only thing you need <coughs> is to uh, mix it with faith and a, uh, uh, like a positive response to what God has accomplished for you and, 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 and to deposit in your heart and sooner or later you know, you will have it on the surface of your life. That's the rest I'm talking about. You are not uh, fighting with, with uh, I mean, with, for something and struggling for something which the word, the gospel and Christ has already declared that it is yours. Amen. You know, sonship belongs to you. We are made sons and daughters of the Most High God. The Spirit of the Lord in us is crying out, Abba, Father. We don't, we just... We just rest in everything cry, 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 Christ has accomplished for us. Yeah, I lo love this song. You know, I will rest in your promises. That's a, a beautiful song. You know, my confidence. Yeah. And, and, and this, is, this is the first fact, unique fact and amazing reality about Isaac. That he never, he never left. He never had uh, 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 any challenge, you know, uh, greater than, than what we, he already possessed by, as an heir of his father. And also he had to leave the promised land. Even in the greatest struggle of famine and drought, you know, the Lord, the Lord commanded him, stay in this place, stay in this land, abide here. I will bless you and multiply you and you will overcome. And he, the same year, the Bible says, he stood there, he abode there, the same year he sown, and, and then he reaped hundredfold. Praise God. And you see, there is no better place for us be outside of the sphere of what Christ has accomplished for us. And if we just, just be faithful to, to receive and, and to believe and to embrace what He has accomplished for us, these are the, the, the glorious manifestations of the heavenly blessings through our faith here on earth, you know, manifested. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Okay, I, I just uh, want to read the scripture from Colossians for not leaving the borders of the promised land. Colossians 2, 6, 7. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, having been firmly rooted. You see that? Firmly rooted and now being built up in Him and established in your faith just as you were instructed and overflowing 
with gratitude. Having been firmly rooted, praise God. It means you are planted. You are planted in this sphere. Do you, do, do you understand that? If you plant a tree or a plant in front of your house, you know, in the front yard, and uh, you expect that, that that plant, that tree will be there tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, five years after. You see, you don't expect that this thing's going to be removed or not, not there. Like it is planted, it is rooted, and we are planted and grounded and rooted in that sphere. And we need just to suck out these blessings and grow unto all things in Him. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And not allow the enemy, you know, to, to, to move us away. Oh, thank you, Father. Uh, and another scripture from Colossians 1.21 you know, just, just, just a portion. Firmly established, this is the Amplified Bible. Firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Ooh, praise God. What is the hope of the gospel? The hope of the gospel is Christ in us. The hope of glory. Praise God. And we are not moved away from the hope. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Uh, I need to proceed further. Are you interested and curious to know what is the second thing? Okay. Fact number two. Fact number two. His name was never changed. Isn't that interesting? His name was never changed. Okay, let's talk about Abraham. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But there is a big difference between Isaac and the rest. Okay, so Abraham was not Abraham originally. Abraham was Abraham. At one point, God has to transform his personality, his life, and everything. And he went through some tremendous encounters. But finally, you know, God gave him a new name, a new personality. Amen. Let's talk about Jacob. You know, Jacob was born as Jacob, but uh, lately, you know, struggling and wrestling uh, for the blessing and wrestling with God. As you know, his name, God gave him a new name. And instead of Jacob, he became Israel. And a few times, you know, he went back to Jacob because the Bible calls him Jacob. But then when he revived, immediately his personality came back to the original call of God and destiny. And he became as Israel. You know, when he heard, there's an interesting verse in the Old Testament. Let me explain that. That when, when the news from Egypt came that Joseph is alive and uh, the Bible goes like, and Jacob did that and did that, you know. And when he heard that Joseph is alive, the next verse says, and Israel, Israel, you know, God revived and strengthened. Which means immediately uh, his identity was restored. But how about, how about Isaac? Isaac was born as Isaac, grew up as Isaac, you know, uh, 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 just... Uh, uh, developed as Isaac, and actually he died as Isaac. Why? Because this 
name and I would say this identity was God's given identity. Even before he was born, he was his name was pronounced and declared. And that's a great representation because the Bible says that the Lamb of God was slain before the foundation of the world. God had us in mind. God has already that new creation he would call, you know, in existence. And it's a great representation that every New Testament believer, every Christian, every child of God is born with a new identity. And this is the powerful thing, which doesn't need any improvement. Now, let me explain something. Your mind, your, your, your understanding, you know, your soulish realm, they need improvement. That's why the Bible says, by the, you have been transformed by the renewing of your mind. This mind, your old understanding is subject to change. It's subject to renewal. But your heart, praise God, your spiritual man, the inner man, your old identity has been circumcised. Dead to God, alive to sin. This identity was nailed on the cross, circumcised in Jesus Christ. And being born again means that you have become a new creation spiritually in your spirit. Because God is spirit. You know, He has given you a new spirit. And you became alive to God now and dead to sin, praise God. But you need to apply that reality which is already in your spirit. Because it's a new sheriff in town now, okay? And he has to take control and start exercising power and authority over the mind. Till that moment, the mind was ruling over your life. But from now on, since you became a Christian and a child of God, the spiritual man needs to take over and start ruling and reigning in Christ Jesus. Okay, so this is your new identity. This is your new name. This is your new existence. And the good news is that it doesn't need improvement. It has possesses the fullness, the wisdom of God, the anointing, holy, righteous. Praise God. Let, let me read just a few scriptures. Thank you, Lord. Okay, this is Hebrews 10, 12 and 14 from the Amplified. Where is... The one Christ, after he had offered a single sacrifice for our sins that shall avail for all time, sat down at the right hand of God, for by a single offering he has forever completely cleansed and perfected those who consecrated and made holy. Those who are consecrated and made holy. You see, with one sacrifice you have been perfected forever. And you go like, I'm not perfect. Yes, you are not. But your spiritual man is. And let me tell you, your spiritual man will inherit the kingdom of God. This body is subject to change. And, and this body will be stripped off. This mind is subject to uh, new impressions, new ideas, and to renewal. But your spiritual man is after the image of God. It is holy. It is perfect. And uh, the enemy doesn't touch it. The evil one, the Bible says, doesn't touch this man and, and, and this area of your heart. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? You are sealed like a, like a, uh, like a well with a stone on the top, you know, sealed. And the enemy cannot throw any more dirt and stones into that well because it belongs to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I love that. I love that. Thank you, Jesus. 
So no matter what you face and what situation you are found in, your God's given identity and what God has called you remains with you the same unchanged. Amen. <laughs> what, 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 what does the name Isaac mean? Uh, it means laughter. He laughs. Literally, means he la it means joy. Uh, aren't you glad that God has compared you to, 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 uh, uh, to Isaac? From so many personalities, you know, he has chosen the, the most blessed one. And it means you are like him. Oh, I will take that. <laughs> Praise God. I'm not su supposed to be like Joseph. You know, I love Joseph. Joseph is one of my heroes. But you know what? Boy, oh boy, he went through the dungeon. He was betrayed. He suffered a lot. And you are just an heir of your blessed heavenly father. All he has just released and given to Isaac, just like from Abraham to Isaac. You see, you don't have to struggle. You don't have to, uh, you know, just everything Jesus did for you, it, don't take it for granted, but... Amen. It is granted. <laughs> Praise God. Oh, it's, it, it is so good. It is so good. I mean, laughter, joy. Uh, you see, that's very important because uh, Abraham had two children. One of them, Ishmael, and the second was Isaac. Okay. And you know, Isaac means laughter. Okay. But the Bible says when Ishmael started laughing <laughs> in the family, immediately he was expelled. Because he laughed over Isaac, you know, and I was like, that, that's kind of interesting. Ishmael is laughing over Isaac, you know, and immediately the bond woman, uh, the mother of Ishmael and the child, boom, out of the house and sent away. Why? Because he doesn't possess that identity. He doesn't. And it represents the old man, the fruit of the flesh, and all kind of things like that. But do you understand that Isaac can laugh as long as he wants? Why? Because his name, his identity, it's his DNA. And we can, we can be children of God, blessed forever and ever. We can remain, and that's, then the enemy can take it away. Nothing can take it away. Amen. It's not about your behavior. You know, behavior modification. Christianity is not about behavior modification. It is included as a result, but doesn't start with it, okay? Behavior modification is not primary thing. Identity is primary thing. And you are called a saint, and you are called a child of God, and you are called holy and righteous. That's why God is expecting some new behavior from you. Amen. Okay, fact number three. Ooh, it's getting better. Fact number three. Okay. Compared to the others, he had one wife only. That's very interesting. Now someone would go like, oops. No, no, don't worry. It's not about, you know, uh, the way you, you consider things. Because um, uh, uh, it is a spiritual lesson. Okay. It's a spiritual lesson. So what is the wife representing in, in that case? The wife represents your fruitfulness. Uh, the, 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 the wife represents the source of, of, of fruit and fruitfulness and as children. Okay. So he had one wife. Well, so let's go and see Abraham. Abraham was married to Sarah. Okay. But uh, uh, Sarah was not fruitful. 
And uh, instead of uh, being stuck with sorrow and believing God, you know, because of their disbelief and doubts and all kind of things like that. So finally he found himself, you know, expecting fruitfulness from Hagar, the bone woman. And actually he had those two. And he had a child from the bone woman, which was Ishmael. But God was not interested of that human efforts and results and things like that. He said, after Isaac. Your generation and your children will be named. Amen. So uh, with Abraham, we don't see that. It's unique. You see, let's go to Jacob. Okay, Jacob uh, fell in love with Rachel. Amen. And uh, he wanted to marry Rachel, but he was cheated by his uncle. And instead of uh, being married to Rachel, he found himself, you know, attached and bound to Leah. And he had to work another seven years. So with him again, we see two wives and two sources of fruitfulness, you know. But with Isaac, boy, oh boy, that's so beautiful, so powerful, so awesome. Isaac fell in love immediately when, when uh, 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 Abraham's servant brought and introduced Rebekah to him, you know. He really liked her and, and, and fell in love. And he brought her into his mother's tent. And they... They, their relationship in the Bible is uh, described as very fond, like they frolicking together and, and just recognize that they are not brother and sister, actually, but they are husband and wife because of the fond affection between them. And he, he had his wife only, one wife, you know, one source of fruitfulness. And it was a challenge, though, because all of these three, uh, the beginning of them was... Uh, 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 um, barren, you know, like Sarah was not able to have children. Uh, Jacob's Rachel, uh, also in the beginning, she was not able to conceive. And the same, the same with Rebecca. Okay, so it was a challenge for him. But instead of going and finding another one, you know, he stuck with his wife and believed that God has not given him a lemon. Amen. And, and he was totally convinced that she's the right one and the best one. And the Bible describes it. And Isaac prayed for his wife, for Rebecca, before the Lord. Believing the promise that your uh, children will be as many as the stars. Praise God. And God rewarded that faith and that confidence. And sooner or later, miraculously, she was able to conceive. And boom, they, they, they had children. He was not moved away from that confidence that she's the right one and God can bless them. You know, if God was able to do it with my mom, God is definitely the same and able to do it with my wife too. But Jacob, Jacob is a different story. He was kind of a rough man, you know, harsh. And, and, uh, uh, and I don't blame him because having two wives and all this stuff going on in the house, you know, definitely driving him crazy, you know. But uh, 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 Rachel, Rachel goes and says, give me children, otherwise I die. And he goes, are you nuts? Are you crazy? Leave me alone. You know, I, I am the Lord. You know, do I possess? Am I responsible? God is responsible for you. Leave me alone. That's not a good attitude. You know, look at Isaac. Isaac say, okay, we see that is a problem, but he threw a shadow of protection over his wife. And he was taking care of that and prayed to the Lord. Jacob was like, oh, God, let may God take care of you. You know, it's not my responsibility. It's not my business. That, that's not good. And praise God, God hurt, God hurt that woman, you know, and she was able finally to overcome. 
but the, this is the lesson. The lesson is that we, the children of God, the New Testament believers, we have only one source of fruitfulness. It is called the spirit. It's not the flesh. Because in the case of Abraham, definitely points to the flesh, you know. And maybe with Jacob too. But with Isaac, boy, praise God. We have only one source of produce and fruitfulness. And you have been called to be fruitful by God the Father. Amen. But that fruitfulness is appointed to, to be born out of the, the, the sphere of the spirit. And never go and lean on, on, on the flesh. And uh, let me put it in that way. You know, uh, Jesus say, uh, not Jesus, Romans 7, 4. I really like what the King James Bible says. Uh, that you have died with Christ, so you may be married to another. Wherefore, my brethren, this is 7, 4, Romans. He also become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that he should be married to another. Even to him who is raised from the dead. Now listen to this. That we should bring forth fruit unto God. Christ alone, people. Christ alone is our source. And his spirit is the only source of results and fruitfulness, accomplishments. And whatever you are expecting, whatever you are struggling and want to see victory in your life and overcome, it is already in Christ Jesus. He is the vine. And you cannot do nothing apart from him. Remain in me. Abide in me. Without me, you are not able to produce any fruitfulness. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, guys. What is born of God overcomes the world. Amen. What is born of God overcomes the world. That's why some marriages are falling apart. That's why some ministries are falling apart. That's, that's why some dreams and expectations sometimes are brought down and falling apart. Because they are not conceived and not uh, just born out of God. You know, just, just be focused on Him. He is the source of our blessing. If God is not able uh, to do it, uh, do you think the world will give you something better? No, I don't think so. Amen. Okay, I, I have to finish with the, the last one. Unique fact, fact, amazing fact, unique fact number four, and that's the last one. Oh, praise God. I love Isaac, and I, I, I just enjoy being Isaac. Woo, like, just like you guys. We are the Isaacs, praise God. Okay, his life length, his lifespan was the longest compared to the others. What do I mean? Yeah, I didn't know that. God revealed it to me, praise God. I'm not that smart. Now listen, listen. Abraham, <laughs> Abraham lived 175 years. And the Bible describes this life as the pinnacle of the human accomplishment as this. Genesis 25 verse 7. These are all the years of Abraham's life that he lived. 175 years. Now listen to this. Abraham breathed his last and died in a ripe old age. And an old man and satisfied with life. And he was gathered to his people. So the Bible describes Abraham's life like uh, when he was ready to depart. You know, he was ripe. He was uh, mature. He saw every blessing possible. The Bible says God blessed him in everything. 
He was satisfied. He was not thirsty. He was not hungry for more. He was totally satisfied. His bucket list was totally fulfilled. He had nothing left unfulfilled. And he was like, okay, I, I'm ready to, for departure. You know, I'm ready to leave because I'm not interested anymore of this world. I've tasted everything. I saw the, the, the power of God manifested in every area of my life. I'm done. I'm okay. Goodbye. Okay. But listen, if this is the pinnacle, if this is the greatest blessing and accomplishment, how about Isaac? Well, Isaac... Beat, it his, uh, beat his father's age with five years more. 180. The Bible says his, life, uh, his uh, lifespan was 180 years long. So I was like, wait a minute. Five is a very significant number in the Bible. Don't you think so? Five speaks about the grace of God. Yeah, there are many lessons on that, but uh, it's another story. But let me put it in that way. If if. If Abraham represents Israel, you know that there was no other nation and no other people uh, in the whole world who are blessed in that way as, as Israel. The, Paul describes them like to them belong all the privileges of having the covenants, having the scriptures, the Torah, the word of God, the manifestations, and all the covenants, all kind of things like that. But do you understand what Paul says in the New Testament about the church and the New Testament believer? That the glory of the New Testament exceeds and it's prevailing and it's greater than the glory and the of the Old Testament and the ministry of condemnation. Because we are put under the ministry of righteousness and grace. And we can accomplish more. Because he said the law and the prophets were until John the Baptist. Okay, and there was no greater in the Old Testament than the John the Baptist, than John the Baptist, but the least in the kingdom is greater than him. You see, by the grace of God, you possess way more, you know, greater privileges and greater, greater uh, blessings. And uh, uh, I don't know how to explain that whole package, you know, the whole list of everything uh, the New Testament is describing available, available and in hand for us. Praise God. No saint from the Old Testament was ever able to accomplish anything like that. David describes the state of the New Testament believer with the words like, blessed is the one, happy is the one whose sins will be forgiven and not counted into his account. And it is in Romans chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. How about Jacob? I'm almost ready to finish. How about Jacob? Okay. Jacob's life was less than both of them, you know, and he describes his life very tough and difficult, you know, before Pharaoh, you know. But uh, uh, Jacob's life was 147, 147, way below, okay. And I was like, if Jacob represents, you know, the saints and, 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 and uh, Israel uh, after the, 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 the church period, you know, during the tribulation, uh, so... Uh, or just let me uh, subtract, you know, 147 from 180. The number you receive is very significant again. It's 33. And you know what 33 speaks about? It is, it is about the lifespan of Jesus. It means what Israel is lacking currently to participate the blessings of Isaac 
what, what they're lacking is their faith in Jesus. Without faith in the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the anointed one, you are not able to participate God's blessings and to have that fullness and completeness which is given and presented because Paul says, in him, in the book of Colossians, in him you are made full and complete and in him you have completeness and fullness but i'm not against israel i love israel with all of my heart but they don't love us and they don't love christ in that way because you know there is a veil paul says but imagine what will happen once the veil is removed you know immediately they will uh, understand and revelation will, will come and they will receive all the blessings and they will be restored in every way the bible says praise god